Hutch into the 5. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole. Hard. He's to the 25, 30. Breaks into the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretariat at the Belmont. Down the sprints they come. No one will catch him. It is a touchdown. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side. Yes. Intercepted. Yes. Right sidelines. Douglas to the house. High stepping. Touchdown. Green Bay in a third quarter. Dagger. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, Packers fans, and a very happy new year. Happy 2024 to all of you. It is the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can follow me on X slash Twitter at Jason Perrone. And it is indeed a happy new year. It's a victory Monday. It is all the good things. The Green Bay Packers are big winners over the Minnesota Vikings on New Year's Eve. They get a 33-10 win at U.S. Bank Stadium and keep their season and their playoff hopes alive. And by virtue of everything else that happened On Sunday, the Packers now need only get a victory next week at home against the Chicago Bears, and they will be in the postseason. Let's talk through how this whole thing went down. Coming into the game, Packers had some injuries. No Christian Watson, no Dontavian Wicks, no Devondre Campbell, no Jair Alexander as he was suspended, and they were facing a Minnesota Vikings team who had decided to give rookie Jaron Hall the start at quarterback over Nick Mullins, who's been quarterbacking the team over the past couple of weeks, and they've been doing okay, not great, but they decide to go with Jaron Hall for whatever reason. So the Packers immediately get to work. They win the toss, an uneventful coin toss this week, thank goodness. They get the ball, they take the ball, they want to go down and try to get an early lead and force Minnesota to have to play catch-up. Unfortunately, the Packers don't score on their first possession, but the Packers' defense forces a three-and-out of their own. Then the Packers drive down. They end up having to settle for a field goal after Jordan Love misses Malik Heath open in the end zone. He was under a lot of, uh, Love was under a lot of pressure. Heath was was there. He just, Love couldn't make the throw. But the Packers get the first points of the game with that field goal by Anders Carlson. And then the Packers immediately get the ball back. You get the drop ball by Vikings tight end Johnny Munt, who's in for TJ Hawkinson, who's on injured reserve. Ball tipped up. Corey Ballantyne gets the interception. And the Packers score. They get a touchdown pass from Jordan Love to Jaden Reed. And the Packers go up 10-0. And now they've got a two-possession lead. And it's kind of got those vibes like the Detroit game. Like, get a lead here, kind of sit on it, force the the opponent to have to do what they they don't want to do. And then the Vikings did the one thing that they didn't want to do, which was not score. They end up having to punt. Packers get the ball. They're driving down. Jordan Love Ends up hitting Bo Melton on a heave. He's under Love is under a lot of pressure. Melton open for a long game. Love sees it. He's seen the field really well. You get a tush push try on third and one. The Packers can't convert and they have to call timeout. And then Bo Melton is wide open on fourth down and Love misses him for what likely would have been a touchdown uh, if the throw is a little bit better. Bo Melton honestly probably still should have caught the ball, but he couldn't. And so the Packers are unable to convert and they turn the ball over on downs, which was frustrating. You want to go up 17-0 there and really, really put a nail to this, this Minnesota Vikings, but you keep them alive and you give the ball back to the Vikings. Now, they get a sack of Jaron Hall and then Isaiah McDuffie gets hurt. He goes out with a concussion. He bangs into a couple of his own guys on a, on a bang-bang play. And this is big because no Devondre Campbell, now Isaiah McDuffie is out. And so now you got Quay Walker and in comes Eric Wilson, who has to play middle linebacker when typically he's mostly special teams, and that's not really what you want in that situation. But the Vikings are able to drive down. They're able to convert on a 54-yard field goal. They get their first points of the game. It's 10-3 to at that point. 
And then you get a, a big touchdown by the Packers. This is the one where Jordan Love runs it in, extends it over the goal line. First it was ruled that he was down by contact. Then they reviewed it again, said he did break the plane, which he did. Extended the ball before he was down, breaks the plane, gets in. 17-3. Then the defense comes up really big. More aggressive this time. Obviously, the Packers with their backs against the wall a little bit on defense. Joe Barry with his back against the wall. Needed to come up with a really, really good performance by his defense and got more aggressive. Quay Walker gets a big sack. Uh, the Vikings lose 10 yards and the Vikings can't convert and have to give the ball back to the Packers. Now, the Packers promptly get a holding call on Josh Myers on first down. Then you get a deep shot to read on third and one, it was incomplete. There's 47 seconds left in the half. And then the Vikings end up getting the ball back, but you get a strip sack by Preston Smith. Packers recover. Carl Brooks recovers it. And you get a uh, another read touchdown catch and run. And the Packers are now up 23-3. to Now, unfortunately, Connors Carlson misses the PAT. But the Packers go in 23-3 at the half, which is huge because they get the seven points that they missed on the Bo Melton missed touchdown pass. And they also, the Vikings are getting the ball to start the second half. And now they've got quite a deficit here. It's 23-3 to at that point. The Vikings make the switch at quarterback. They bring Nick Mullins in. He goes in for Hall at quarterback. The Packers should have had a sack. They get a completion of Justin Jefferson. And then they get a big gain on a screen. It looks like Minnesota's got some life here at this point. But then back-to-back penalties by Minnesota and a sack by Keyshawn Nixon ends up hurting the Minnesota Vikings. Then you get Preston Smith, who hurts his ankle. He didn't end up coming back in this game because he didn't need to. But you get you get the Vikings driving down, and they've got fourth and four from the nine-yard line. And Mullins is under pressure. He en- ends up not being able to hit Justin Jefferson in the end zone. So it turned out a turnover on downs, which was great. You get Jaden Reed goes out. He's questionable with a chest injury. That's something we'll want to monitor the, for the rest of this week. He would not return. You get some big runs by Aaron Jones. You get a Dobbs drop on a deep ball. There's always just a frustrating Romeo Dobbs drop every single game, it seems like. Then you got a huge dart to Malik Heath for a first down near midfield. You get more Aaron Jones runs. Then you get Love to Melton with 49 seconds left in the third. And it's a touchdown. And he had a 13-play, eight-minute drive, which was an absolute beauty. The Packers are up 30-3. to And the door is effectively slammed shut on this one. I mean, the Vikings aren't playing well enough they're not getting the ball moved around. They don't have they, they don't have their players. They don't have Hawkins. They don't have Cousins out there. They just don't have all their dudes. Jordan Addison didn't do much in this game, didn't play much. He did play it despite his injury that he had suffered last week. And it looks like the Packers are going to cruise to this one. Now, on the ensuing drive, you the Packers force a punt. And Samari Toure is back there because Jaden Reed is out. He promptly fumbles the ball. Vikings gunner gets loose. Toure with the late... Late catch of the ball, drops the ball, it's a fumble. The Vikings recover on the seven-yard line, and then, of course, they score an easy touchdown and cut the lead to 30-10 to at that point. But then the Packers get another 13-play drive. They take another 7.55 off the clock. They get a field goal to make it 33-10, which would be your final score. Sean Clifford comes in on the last drive and ends up kneeling it out, and the Packers are able to waste away the clock and win the game. Now, Josh Myers did get hurt along the way on that last drive to add to the injury mix, and hopefully he'll be okay. It looked like he's going to be okay, but we'll see what ends up happening this week. You never know with those things. There were a lot of guys that got hurt and banged up, so the Packers need uh, need as many of these guys to come back and play as they possibly can get next week. But let's look at Jordan Love's final line in this game. 24 for 33. 256 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, 125.3 quarterback rating. That'll get it done, especially on the road. 
Great performance by Jordan. He played a really, really good game here. He throws his 30th touchdown of the season. He's just shy of 4,000 yards. Those are both more than any Bears quarterback has ever had in 103 years. And yes, I'm petty, so I'm going to mention that because it's Bears week. And let's start off the right way. Shall we throw a little shade at the Bears? The Bears still suck. So I had to. Had to do that. So on the defensive side of the ball, they come up big in a game that they should have. Finally, they play the kind of game they should play against the level of competition that they're facing. Against a very young quarterback to start, and then against Nick Mullins in the second half, they gave up just 67 yards rushing to a Vikings team that doesn't run the ball well. The Packers kept that true instead of being the outlier for once. Justin Jefferson has five catches for 59 yards on 10 targets. Much ado about nothing. All that you know should have been business as usual, but after the last month, this defense is anything but business but usual. They... They needed to, uh, a get right, a bounce back game. They had four sacks. They sent corners on blitzes. Like I said, they got more aggressive in a must-have game. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. So for comparison's sake here, Ryan Wood put out a tweet that I thought was really interesting here about Jordan Love and, and Aaron Rodgers in their first seasons as starters. So back in 2008, Aaron Rodgers played 16 games. He was 63.8% uh, completion percentage, 4,038 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a 93.8 passer rating. Jordan Love, through his first 16 games, is a 63% completion percentage, 3,843 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a 93.8 quarterback rating. Now, with 200 more yards, if he has a 200-yard game next week against the Bears, Jordan Love will effectively equal or surpass Aaron Rodgers. Not too shabby. Absolutely not too shabby. So, you'd love to see it. His, his growth has been amazing. If the defense can just not suck, then this team can be fun and they can have some more magic for us left to, to watch this season. There could be more fun moments this season for us to see from this Green Bay Packers team. I mean, the offense, once again, it looks like a machine, like, like how it was with Aaron Rodgers, where you just could count on, okay, if they're on, this thing is going to do a lot of really good things, churning out points, eating clock. They had back-to-back drives. They took 16 minutes off the clock. That's an entire quarter where they needed to. That's what they needed. Long drives. Give your defense a break. Jordan Love playing so well. He's not bulletproof. He missed on a few throws, but he is seeing, like I said, he's seeing the field so well. Finding open guys, reading defense as well, hitting on the broken plays, things you absolutely need to do if you're going to be a top quarterback in the NFL. If you want to win a lot of games, you have to do that stuff. The offensive line needs their flowers. They were very good against a a good Vikings front. They kept Jordan Love clean and they paved the way for Aaron Jones to have his first back-to-back 100-yard rushing games in his entire career. He had 20 touches, 120 yards on the ground. It's no secret. It's no surprise when, when Aaron Jones touches the ball a lot, good things happen and the Packers win. The exponential growth by this offense has been so fun to watch. And as I've said before, the bar has moved, okay? This is a playoff team. I saw so many tweets this week about how this season's already a success. Who cares what happens? They found out they have their quarterback of the future and that's anything else is just icing on the cake. They know Jordan loves their guy. We're good, no matter what happens the rest of the way. No, it is not just icing on the cake. The Packers have proved they can win big games and that they can beat nearly any or if not any team, get into the playoffs and build on this damn thing if they play their best football. It is okay to be disappointed when they don't play well and not just throw up our arms and say, well, they got their quarterback, what else do you want? To win games, to get into the playoffs and see what can happen. 
You know, what did Herm Edwards say again? What, what was it that he said? You play to win the game. Now, they may not be a championship team. They may somehow slip up next week and not get into the playoffs. But the Packers are good enough to get in. And so that is the bar now. And moving forward, it's disappointing when they don't play well. And it's okay to feel disappointed already and be spoiled again. How lucky are we to feel like we can count on this team to get a win in any game now? Now, are they going to go and both stop the Eagles in Philadelphia or the Cowboys in Dallas or San Francisco anywhere? Not saying that, but they could. These things matter. You know, they, they, they matter. So this is a team that's bounced back, got a couple of wins, faced some adversity, and all you need to do is get in. Just ask the 2010 Packers, right? On a day where the New York Giants almost come back and win a game where they get a late punt return for a touchdown and just needed a field goal to beat the Rams, which would have given the Packers a lot of extra breathing room. And ironically, it's Mason Crosby kicking for the Giants who misses a long field goal and can't get the Giants over the hump and they aren't able to beat the Rams. But it was almost the poetic another punt return in a late in a game by the Giants to help win a game, to help get the Packers in position or into the playoffs, right? I love that stuff. Wish Mason would have hit that field goal. It was a long kick, to be fair. Speaking of, of kicking special teams, special teams is frustrating again for the Packers. The missed PAT, the fumble by Toure. Honestly, I don't know why Toure's back there. I mean, Jaden Reed can't play. You need somebody back there. Rich Bisaccia. I really don't know why his group can't get out of their own way. I really don't. It's one thing to hire Joe Barry, get Joe Barry's defense, and it underperforms because that's who you hired. But you're paying Rich Bisaccia, and you hired Rich Bisaccia to be the best special teams coach in the NFL because that's what he's proven he can do. And his group just doesn't seem to do that. Just put Keyshawn Nixon back there. Just put no one back there. And let the ball land where it lands. But at least your offense can come out and do the thing instead of turning the ball over and giving up points. I mean, many of us are still reeling from that 49ers playoff loss due to special teams two years ago, right? But let's, you know, let's not be a downer. The season is still alive. The Packers still have a very meaningful game to play next week. And again, because the Steelers beat the Seahawks on Sunday, it creates a win and end situation for the Packers. They just have to win this game and they're in the playoffs. Now, I don't see many, if any, scenarios at all where the Packers can lose to the Bears and still make the postseason. Even if everybody that they need to lose loses, the Packers have to beat the Bears. And actually, if they don't beat the Bears, both teams will finish 8-9. and nine. How's that for some crazy stuff? The Bears are 7-9 and nine right now. But this was a, a, a quite a week in Green Bay. Going back to the adversity. And I've had so many questions about Matt LaFleur, his hold on this team, his ability to lead this team, how much they're playing for him, how much they believe in him, how well they can perform for him. You had the suspension of Jair Alexander, and we'll call it the, the terrible win over the Panthers. You had all the Joe Barry talk. Matt LaFleur has to get in front of the media and answer all those questions about Jair, the locker room, Joe Barry. I'm sure he'd rather just be talking about his resurgent young team that's got a chance to go to the playoffs. And regardless of where you sit on what I was just saying about how bought in the Packers are, how much control Matt LaFleur has over this team, the culture of the team, they're went away. I'm getting back to the playoffs for the first time in two years. You've got to give credit where credit is due. And if I'm going to sit here and criticize Matt LaFleur when things go poorly and 
dissect his body language and his words and give him a hard time. And I still have my questions about Matt LaFleur's overall leadership and his ability to be a head coach. But you get a big win on the road against a divisional opponent and they're, who's also fighting for their season and it's on primetime TV. Got to give it up. You got to give it up to the team and the coach who pulls it off. And this Packers team is still playing. They're still doing it. And they have meaningful football in week 18. And when you look back at some of the moments this season that were really, really hard to watch. Week three against the Saints. They don't score a single point till the fourth quarter. They pull that game out because the Saints miss a field goal, but that's football. The back-to-back losses to the Raiders and the Broncos. The tough loss to the Steelers where they lost the lead. The bad loss that they had to the Giants who I didn't think would win another game, right? Week to week, week to week. And that's what this Packers team has to keep their focus on right now and do this year in the same week at the same spot, Lambeau Field, that they couldn't do last year. So back at the scene of the crime, Lambeau Field, where the Detroit Lions, whose season was over, came in and played spoiler and kept the Packers from playing in the playoffs and ended Aaron Rodgers' tenure as Green Bay Packers quarterback with a loss at home. And I, you know, while I usually love going through all the playoff scenarios, obviously it's too early for that. Let's, you know, the Packers have a big task ahead of themselves. So let's wait and save that for next week. And if it applies, then we will go through all the scenarios. If the Packers win that game and get into the playoffs, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll go through all of that next week. They just, at this point right now, it needs to be 100% focused on the Chicago Bears and winning a game at home that you must have. And you're going to probably be a little shorthanded again. And the Bears are playing some good football right now. They beat up on Atlanta on Sunday which helped the Packers. The Packers needed the Atlanta Falcons to lose a game. The Bears helped make that happen. They look pretty decent doing it, although Atlanta is not very good this year. And the, the, the Bears are coming in hot. They're just one game behind the Packers. Like I said, they're 7-9. and nine. And they've already been talking about the Packers and how they have something ready for them. DJ Moore was saying that two weeks ago. I mean, you know, two, two opponents before the Packers are already looking ahead talking about that. We'll see if Jair's back for that game. They could certainly use him. Speaking of DJ Moore... Had a great game against Atlanta. There's a lot of Packers players we're going to be looking for updates on. Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, Isaiah McDuffie, Josh Myers, Devondre Campbell, possibly Luke Musgrave. Any number of those guys coming back would be huge for the Packers. Need need as many guys as they can get. These are all essentially playoff games. And we certainly can use those those guys beyond next week if they're, they're lucky enough to be playing beyond next week. So we'll start finding out on Wednesday. And if you follow me on Packaday, you listen to the Packaday podcast, I said, I'm not picking the Packers to win until they win three in a row. So this is their second game in a row. So I have to pick the Bears next week to keep this thing going. But Packers win that game, and I can call it however I see it after that point. So here come the Chicago Bears to try to spoil the day. The Packers fortunately playing at home. I'll be very, very interested to see how this crowd shakes out and how many Bears fans make their way into Lambeau Field. It's cold. There's a lot of... Packers ticket holders that don't necessarily live in Wisconsin that aren't used to the weather, there's going to be some Bears fans out there. But I'm hoping that the Packers fans are louder, rowdier, and more ready to take this thing home and play some playoff football. This is going to be the last home game for the Packers this season unless they somehow grab the sixth seed and they host the seventh seed in what I assume would be the NFC Championship game, which is very unlikely. So probably the Packers' last home game of the season. So we need the crowd to come out really big and be big, be supportive. I can assure you I will be sitting in the comforts of my living room in 
beautiful Arizona, which is right now in the middle of our winter. It's cold for us here, but no snow. So that's where I will be. And I hope wherever you're at right now, you are waking up smiling ear to ear after a great New Year's, hopefully a safe New Year's celebration. Hope everybody had a great, great time. It's another Packers win on New Year's. Three holidays this year, three Packers victories. We're very, very fortunate this team came through. We're very fortunate to have Jordan Love as a quarterback and a stellar teammate. Love seeing the champagne toast between he and Aaron Jones after the game. Kudos to NBC. I hope Fox was paying attention. They still owe Jordan Love a turkey leg. And maybe if the Packers get into the playoffs and can somehow win a playoff game, he'll get his turkey leg. I'm Jason Perrone. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. You can follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On W. I want to wish everybody a very happy 2024. I hope this year is all great things for all of you out there. Thank you, as always, for following me along through all these seasons, our fourth season on Game On Wisconsin, and hopefully many more to come. Looks like we've got some exciting football to talk about, exciting football to watch. The future looks pretty good for the Green Bay Packers as we currently sit here on 1-1-24. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll be back at it next week. Hopefully it's the Quick Slants podcast celebrating a playoff appearance and a securing of a winning season with a win over the Chicago Bears in the afternoon game. The game is set for 325. It'll be the late afternoon game next Sunday. Everybody, happy new year. Take care of yourself. The Bears still suck. And as always, go Pack Go. Off play action, back to the throw. Prescott with time. Rifles it over the middle through the hands of Cooper. Intercepted. Jair Alexander to the 20. Cutting left, 25-30. He's got an escort. 